I need for you to be serious for a second here, okay? I, I need help. There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> All right, so that'll be this many dollars. And if you could just go ahead and, like, put your tattoo in that shit. That's weird. <laughs> this thing has the same misprint as that magazine. What are the odds? Where's your tattoo? Tattoo? Why don't you have this? Tattoo. Why come you don't have a tattoo? Oh my god. You're not an scandal, are you? Oh my god! You're a scandal. I'm a scandal! Hey, no, you don't understand! You gotta let me talk to someone in the army! Okay. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite movies, and. You know, I don't think I'm alone in that. This is one of my favorite movies. Hello to all you people out there in magical wonder thunderland. This is your friendly guy named Dan in Little Saigon, Seattle. And that was a clip from the movie Idiocracy that came out in 2006, a Mike Judge film. We all know Mike Judge. You ever see Office Space? I think that, I think he did that one too. I love Office Space.
Yep, <clears throat> let's talk about that movie for a second before we continue. And let me just mention, my throat is feeling sore. I rarely get sick, but I have to say, I went out today in, in the outside. You know, I'm, I'm more of an in, indoor cat these days. But I went outside today on a little adventure, and I think I breathed in some of the gumbus. And I think my lungs are turning colors. Colors of the rainbow. Some of it's about understanding. Some of it's about Glimbulus 12. Some of it's about the problems inside of my internal organs. We should delve. There's a possibility there are creatures that live inside of my colon. These creatures probably control most of my internal organs at this point. These creatures probably have laser beam eyes and photon brains. Can you understand the pain they feel, the ancient anguish? Can you understand? It is December the 19th. <laughs> December the 19th, 2019. It's, it's almost um, 8.30 p.m. here in Little Saigon, Seattle. The people of Little Saigon are setting down for dinner, or maybe it's just after they had their evening pho. Who knows what they're doing in the darkness of the night in Little Saigon, Seattle? Are they beginning to hunt the food for tomorrow? Are they going out into the darkness of night? Seeking after the ancient oils and greases? Are they? Do you know? Because I don't know, people. I don't know. But it is December the 19th, 2019, almost 8.30 p.m. And let's unpack idiocracy a little bit. I, I've, I've said this in the past. I brought up this movie in reference to nuclear power, because at the end of Idiocracy, there is a reference to a reactor in Georgia. And keep in mind, this is the year 2505, so this is 500 years in the future. And there's a reactor in Georgia that's melting down. Maybe that's a problem. Yeah, think about it, folks. If you think stupid people, okay, get 500 years before things fall apart, I think you don't understand history and you might be one of those stupid people. I think idiocracy is basically true, but it doesn't take 500 years. If you're really lucky, maybe you get 50. 50 years on the Death Star. But then eventually, the stupid game of the Death Star that's mostly about idiots, you know? That game comes to an end. And there's something called consequences. And consequences knocks on the door. Hey, buddy, are you home? Are you home, buddy? It's consequences. 
I'm coming to visit you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you get 500 years. I think maybe 50. You know, I think this is one of those examples of wishful thinking. But then again, I love Mike Judge, and I have no idea if his original concept gave them 500 years. Truly, I think he probably picked something more realistic at first, like 75. And then someone said, listen, we don't want the snowflake sad. Like, there's only 75 years left. We don't want them to be sad. Don't make them sad, Mike. Anywho, salute to Mike Judge. Loved that movie. Just thought that the basic plot was unrealistic for one fucking reason. And that is, yeah, you're not going to get 500 years. Let's talk about <clears throat> racism for a second. Just so you guys know, um, I'm not perfect. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know. Have I told you that yet? I'm a human being and I fuck up. I screw up all the time. I am a fuck up human being. I'm a Christian and ask me if I'm a good one. Well, not necessarily. I try to be a good Christian, but do I really? Do I, am I really trying right now? Or is there a reason why the book of Jonah is one of my new favorite books from the Bible? I think I identify with Jonah. I think racism is bullshit. If you define racism as taking action against another person because of the color of their skin or some type of feature that you would describe as making them a quote-unquote different race, if you make decisions about people based on that, I, I consider it a sign of stupidity. It's not simply that it's wrong. It's wrong, it's definitely wrong, but it's also really stupid. The fact is, <clears throat> good and evil come in every flavor. Good and evil come in white. Good and evil come in yellow. Good and evil come in red, black, and every one of the Skittles rainbow colors. Good and evil probably has gender dysphoria at times. Good and evil is sometimes a feminist. Good and evil, guess what? You don't know, sometimes it's a preacher wanting to get lucky on a gay porn website. Good and evil, folks. Much of history <clears throat> is about skill. It is. It's about intelligence. It's about solving problems. And guess what? As an anarchist, I will tell you, there are cultures that are good, in my opinion, and there are cultures that are bad. I do believe that. I'm a Christian and I'm an anarchist. I don't think every culture is created equal. But culture is not race or biology. It's a construct. It's something that you can throw away. It's part of your paradigm. And one of the things about the future, folks, if you want to be flexible, if you really want to survive, and if you want your kids to survive, you need to explain to them 
that paradigms or models of the universe are only useful until they're not. And when they stop being useful, whether you like it or not, you have to throw them away or you go extinct. You're gone because your paradigm is blinding you to the truth that you're in trouble. It's like the government paradigm. Try to convince somebody that government, all things being equal, is the worst solution to pretty much every problem. All things being equal, the worst way to solve a problem is to say, Senator, Congressman, can you pass a law? If you want to make a problem worse, if you want to turn a problem into some sort of institutional patronage scheme whereby sons and daughters of people without skills get jobs, then yeah, you would do stupid shit like that. You say, Senator, why don't you care about the gumbus? Yeah, Senator will care about the gumbus and the Senator will fuck you with the gumbus. Anywho, where was I going with that? The point is government is bullshit. And frankly, government is one of the reasons why uh, societies fail. It, they have the, not only is it the, that they have the wrong kind of government, but I would argue like Churchill. Remember Churchill's famous quote, and I off quote it because you need to, you need to unpack that shit. Democracy is the worst form of government, excepting all others. Think about that shit. Break that shit down. Democracy is the worst form of government, but everything else is, is, is really, is, you know, is bad. Democracy is bad. Everything else is worse, basically. So democracy sucks. This is what Churchill's really saying. Democracy sucks, and pretty much every other kind of government sucks, you know, at least as much or more. Yeah, Churchill was basically putting forward a kind of proof of anarchism. And, and also, that quote is, is pretty useful when you think about the famous Lysander Spooner quote about the U.S. Constitution. What did Spooner say, and I paraphrase? The Constitution either enabled the government you have or failed to prevent it. Pick one. So if you're going to jump up and down and say, well, I want a constitutional convention to fix history, fuck you. Anyways, getting back to the thread, sorry about that. History is about skill. History is about intelligence, but that doesn't mean it's about race. History is also about luck, folks. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be a dick, but it's true. You have to have skill. And if you're saying luck is not a part of it, chance is not a part of it, you do not understand reality. I know people who will say, Dan, you're overweight. And these same people at my age are on a half a dozen different drugs. Ask me how many drugs other than weed and alcohol I'm on. Zero. Now perhaps weed and alcohol is what's keeping me alive. Though it's really, at worst, a six-pack of beer a day. So at my worst, my worst in general. My worst state of Dan abusing weed and alcohol is usually a gram of weed and a six-pack of Rainier. And if you understand that Rainier is really sparkling water with a hint of beer, excuse me, sparkling fluoridated water 
with a hint of beer. There's not a lot of beer in it. There might be gumbus, though, and filler. <laughs> Don't we all love filler? And other additives. We love other additives. Aren't there other additives in almost everything now? Peggy Bola. <laughs> Anyways, like I said, if you have a problem and you want to make it worse, ask the government to help. Ask the crocodile. Say, crocodile, will you help come fix our problem? And he'll say, yes, yes, yes. But I need five babies. Five babies. I need to eat them and then I'll help you. And then, of course, and one of the rules of help from the crocodile or Darth Vader, if your proper metaphor is the Death Star, is this is what Darth will tell you. Okay, listen, buddy. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to move you to a better spot on the Death Star. But I won't just need babies. You will have to ignore the pillars of smoke in the distance. So history is about skill. It's about intelligence, but it's also in part about luck. And it's also about good paradigms versus bad ones. And the thing about models is, like I said, they work until they don't. And sometimes the difference between working and not working is not that fucking simple. Let's talk about the horse. And you say, Dan, are you an expert on horses? No, no, no. I'm not an expert on horses. But I do have a master's degree in history and the, and the defaulted student loans to prove this. So I am 100% willing to bloviate on the subject of horses from a historical perspective. Did you know that prior to the visitation of the Europeans in the 15th century, there were no horses um, in the Western Hemisphere. Did you know that? Horses were not a thing. Just as potatoes, potatoes, who we, we love potatoes, potatoes were not a thing prior to this period either because potatoes come from, I believe, I think the Inca, the Incans ate potatoes, the Peruvians. Yeah, anyways, the point is, prior to the 15th century, prior to the Spanish and the Portuguese visiting North America and South America, there were no horses, okay? Now think about this. Think about what um, Incan civilization, Aztec civilization, and Mayan civilization were able to achieve despite the fact that they literally did not have the workhorse. Now you can say, well, Dan, why is the horse important? Oh my God, please stop being so fucking stupid. Why is the horse important? Um, pretty much the horse might be the difference between a Bronze Age civilization and what we would call a classical civilization. The horse might be the big difference. In fact, it might be worse than that. The horse might be the difference between Stone Age and Bronze Age, which means if you work with stone and wood, um, you can do a lot and potentially do a lot with water. And, and there's reason to believe that maybe the Mayans and the Aztecs got really smart with water. And that would have made sense. They didn't have a fucking horse. But again, the horse is so significant, folks. The horse allows you to change the way you think. The horse allows you to expand at a faster rate. The horse allows communication. Okay? Keep in mind, 
for a, for a big portion of American history, communication meant somebody on a horse delivering mail. Okay? For a very long time. And even once the telegram was developed, and even with the trains, there were still people on horses or driving wagons that were delivering mail. It's something we don't think about. And also, I'll add this. The horse didn't make the car, but think about the car in the context of a world without horses. It's hard to see how you get there. If you're not in a world of trying to move fast with horses, why would you be thinking about things like steam engines and cars? Your world doesn't move that fucking fast. Your world is more about balance with, hopefully, with your surroundings, although, frankly, the evidence is out on that with respect to the Mayans. The Mayans might have suffered a civilization-induced um, ecological collapse, yeah. Also, they were probably swallowed up by the Aztecs. That being said, I'm no fucking expert on Mesoamerican history, so if anybody wants to shiv me in the darkness of the night, feel free, you fuck. So whatever you want to say about, you know, oh... If somebody is black or somebody is brown, they're stupid. Listen, you're stupid. But what I will say is this. A civilization or society or, or human community without horses is limited. Okay, it's limited. How far can you walk in a day? Communication is based on how far a person can walk in a day. Folks... The average person probably won't do more than 20 miles a day. And maybe, if you're lucky, you can have runners. I've read stories about the Aztecs and the Mayans using runners. So you could use people the way we did the Pony Express. You could have a runner maybe every mile. And so the runner hands off the message. One runner hands off one to the next. That could theoretically work. But still, that's a lot of fucking, you know complexity in its own right, and oh boy, do you have to trust so many people in that situation. With the fucking guy on the horse, you have to trust one fucking person. That situation, <laughs> you gotta trust a lot of motherfuckers to deliver that message. So yeah, it's easy to be racist and stupid. It's easy to say, oh, white people are great and black people are stupid. Except you have to consider what were the differences historically? What were the conditions? It's not as simple as that. Um, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but like I said, can you imagine um, Western history without the horse? I can't. In fact, I can't imagine Asian history without the horse. The horse is so critical to all of the civilizations that de developed in Eurasia that it is hard to imagine those societies without a fucking horse. And, it's, and then when you think about it, you do begin to think, hey, wait a minute, what does a horse do? Well, a horse changes your perspective. All of a sudden, you're moving faster. All of a sudden, you figured out people can move faster if they use their fucking heads. And then all of a sudden, you're imagining new things. And some of them might be impossible things, but some of them might be very possible things, which things things you can do. Like steam power. There's lots of things you can do if you can imagine it's possible. And, and last but not least, the horse changes your paradigm. Um, there's, there's probably a significant difference between 
the worldview of the Plains Indians prior to the horse and the worldview of the Plains Indians after the horse. In fact, it's hard to imagine the Plains Indian culture without the horse, but the horse was not there, of course. So for most of Native American history, there was no horse on the plains. It didn't exist. And then all of a sudden, like I said in the 15th century, probably because of shipwrecks, that's one of the theories I've heard, probably because horses escaped. And you know what? Horses escape, horses fall in love, and horses propagate, and you end up with wild horses. And then as far as the Native Americans go, they probably just learned to deal with horses from the Europeans. They observed, they were smart. Like I said, folks, this thing about, you know, are, are you more superior? Well, think about it, how quickly Native Americans caught on to our bullshit. Maybe it was too late, but it might not have been. History could have been different. I mean, imagine a period of Native American history where they simply caught on to our bullshit, our thousands of year old bullshit a little bit faster. History could have been different, but the sad truth was as fast as they were and as able to pick up as they were, there was just too big of a difference. I mean, the Europeans themselves were not superior, but their technology was. And, and that's a lot to make up in a short period of time. Next topic. So I was thinking today about things I should do versus things I will do. And there are things I should do. For example, I should go to church this week. I haven't been to church in a couple months, but I probably should go. I'm afraid to go because people might look at me and say, oh, there's the guy that goes to church once every quarter, once every financial biennial event. There's a Christmas Christian. Oh, I am not that. I am maybe not a very good Christian, but I'm not that. I'm not a Christmas Christian. I should go to church this week. Will I? Probably not. Probably not. But we'll see. I haven't really been able to pray much in the last couple months. You say, well, Dan, why is that important? Listen, I'm a Christian and I have faith, which means by definition, I think prayer is powerful. But prayer has to be respectful. Prayer has to mean something. It can't just be, dear Lord in heaven, can you give me a a fucking ton of gold. You know what? If it was that fucking simple just to say, Lord in heaven, may, will you give me a ton of gold? Yeah, I'm sure prayer would be different and people would be different, but maybe not. Maybe it would just be another kind of bullshit. The fact is, I think prayer is powerful and you should try to pray for other people and I try to do that. But in terms of praying in general, the last couple months, I've just been in a dry spell. And mainly because I don't want to have a conversation with God right now. Um, I know that that probably is wrong. But I also know that that's probably not as bad as being an atheist. At least that's my current theory. Remember what Jesus said, you know. Be, well it wasn't Jesus, but it was, I think it was in Revelation. So not Jesus, John the Revelator. Remember what John the Revelator said, and it was one of the letters. You can be hot or cold. Just don't be lukewarm. And right now, I guess I'm kind of cold. And I'm okay with that. So should I go to church? Should I start praying again? Yes. 
Will I? Probably not for another week or two. And, and to me, should I and will I? If I ever had a cat and a dog, a cat and a dog, if I ever had a cat and a dog, I would name my cat, should I, and my dog, will I? Because I was watching Beans over Thanksgiving. <laughs> and Beans would chase Nori, the cat, and Nori would chase Beans. And it reminded me today, or I was reminded of this thought, because Beans seems like will I, and Nori seems like should I. I've been promising my listeners that I would get on a writing project again, which means I wouldn't just bloviate about the crap going on in the world, which is depressing as fuck, but I would actually start writing and I would publish something chapter by chapter with an audio podcast, and wouldn't that be exciting because it'll be an adventure that doesn't involve zero hedge or polar magnetic shifts or Russian and Chinese hypersonic missiles or Turkish war drums in Libya, or Israelis abducting Epstein and having him in Haifa drinking his lemon drink. All this is stuff that just sucks. It's like the clathrate gun. It could be true. It could be true that massive amounts of methane that's been stored for 10,000 years is starting to leak into the atmosphere at a high rate. And that would be bad. And guess what? You probably didn't cause it. It was probably always going to happen. So I should start writing. I should start writing again, but will I? Will I? I haven't been exercising in a while. Um, I mean, unless you count going up and down the stairs here, because really, yeah, I live on the fifth floor. There is no elevator. That is probably why I'm still alive. But I should start exercising again. I should start exercising. But will I... I'm not dead yet. You know, you're not, if you're listening to me, you're not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. But the last few months, I've kind of given up on a lot of things. I'm given up a bit on God, given up a bit on other people, given up on myself. And I'm not complaining, folks. This is life. There is no drug for life. There isn't, folks. Life is not perfect, never has been, never will be. There are 
you know, calm times, relatively speaking, but really, in any calm time, there's still always some maelstrom, some storm. So life is hard. Guess what? That's part of life. Life is hard. And sometimes you lose faith in yourself. And, and what's as bad or maybe worse, maybe the same, or maybe just the same thing connected, sometimes you lose faith in the whole fucking human race. Listen, I'm not a racist. I'm not an anti-Semite, um, although I think anti-Semitism itself needs to be unpacked because technically it just means you descended from the Phoenicians. That's what that means, people. Okay, the Carthaginians, the Phoenicians, um, most of the people in what's, what is the Middle East today are genetically, technically Semite. So to be anti-Semite is a bit stupid too, isn't it? No, I'm not anti-Semitic or anti-Semite. I'm not, although I am, opposed, I am opposed to the state of Israel, but gee whiz, I didn't realize that meant you hated Jews. Anyways, I don't love Israel, but I'm, I don't hate Jews. If you can unpack that, good. Um, I'm not a racist, but sometimes, although people, everybody who's not, who's a racist says that, I know, I'm, I'm not. But sometimes I hate everybody. Sometimes I look at the world and I am horrified by everyone, including myself. Believe me, on those days, I punish myself twice as much. But still, I hate everybody, including myself. And on those days, that's when I need to be alone. That's when I need to have the door closed. Now, the problem is I have people in my life that I love. Um, and... The other day, someone I love picked up the phone, and I was in one of those places where the whole human race could catch fire spontaneously, and as long as I had beer and weed and I got to catch fire last, I'd be okay with that. And I know that doesn't make Jesus happy, but think about Jonah, okay? He did not want to save Nineveh. I don't know why. That's one of the mysteries. He did not want to save Nineveh, and guess what? Right now... I also don't give a fuck about Nineveh. Or if you prefer, I don't give a fuck about the Death Star. Okay, if the Death Star explodes because Luke Skywalker got really good at bullseye and whop rats back home, and oh, by the way, if you need like a laser cannon on a fucking flying machine to kill something called a whop rat, I don't want to meet one. Sometimes I hate everybody. Um, so my friend calls me, this person I love, and I shouldn't have talked. I should have probably just not picked up the phone or not called, but I did. So the part that said, should I? No. Um, but will I? Yes. I'm going to pick up the phone. Next topic... Next topic, people. This is the Little Saigon Report as a reminder. There's all kinds of action in Little Saigon if you got the fucking metal. If you're willing to go out into the night to seek after those things that frighten most normal people who eat turkey dinner. If you're willing to go out into the night and confront the crocodiles of your own horror. If you're willing to step up to the Gronkus Lords and the third tier Gombo Rats, 
then you too can be a winner, baby. <laughs> you can be a winner. And you can't win if you don't play. I don't know how you feel about Wall Street. I think that's too big and ambiguous a term. I also think just saying the casino might be too confusing. There are people in our society who make money, um, who, who earn an income by finding little fractions of value that they think that they can get a hold of and basically either buy or sell to somebody else. Now you can call these things stocks and bonds, you can call these things treasuries, you can call these things derivatives, you can call these things credit default swaps, whatever, mortgage-backed securities, collateralized debt obligations, REITs, and all types of weird, funky bullshit. But the bottom line is this. The paperwork, the, the mathematical lawyers, aka accountants, the whole thing is set up as a scheme. It's really a big scheme, and it is about fleecing people, if you want my honest opinion. And here's the other thing, too. If you think there's a limit, do you think there's a limit? What I'm telling you right now, if Wall Street could monetize your butthole, it would monetize your butthole. Hey, George. Yeah, what's up, Billy? Are you going to the Goldman Sachs Christmas party? Oh, no, Billy. Yale's having an event. Oh, that's cool. How's your wife doing? Oh, she's doing great, man. She's doing wonderful. Did you hear about that new fund, that new hedge fund? No, man, what's it called? It's called butt hurt. Butt hurt? What's that? Is that butt dash hurt like German or something? No, man. It's the butt hurt hedge fund. They are monetizing, monetizing deconstructing the bowels and sphincters, the plug holes, the glimbulets, the spasms, the places that we on Wall Street shove our cocaine drenched, you know, anal whistlers. They're going to turn that into money, man. What would baby Jesus think? <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody should ask that fucking question, especially if they believe. It's kind of like what Pastor Tim has said in the past, you know, don't ask God for what you deserve. <laughs> if you live on the Death Star like Uncle Dan, please do not ask God for what you deserve. Please don't. Because if he gives you what you deserve, and you say, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Listen. I'm sorry, but if you live and work on the Death Star and you're oblivious to all the Alderons we've blown up, you fuck, then yeah, you did something. You did something. 
You did something by doing nothing. Oh, shit. Sorry, but yeah. If Wall Street could monetize your butthole, it would. I'm just saying. If, you're, if you ever ask that question, what is the limit? What won't Wall Street do? What is the line they won't cross? I don't think there is one because we don't actually have free enterprise. A lot of our system currently is designed to enable a few things. Lawyers, accountants, and grifters. And, and that's another name for all these people on Wall Street. They're mostly grifters. Our system is designed to enable grifters. The whole thing is a grift. If you remove the system, that bullshit collapses upon itself pretty fast. And guess what? The people in Wall Street know this. They're not stupid. They know that their entire existence is built on a castle of sand. And it's all going to go away one day and faster than you can fucking imagine. These people aren't stupid. They, they've seen contagion. They have seen other societies collapse. It's just that most Americans think, well, it can't happen here. It can't happen in America because, you know, we're special. We stand for freedom. Hey, are you going to go through the TSA checkpoint over Christmas? Yeah, we stand for freedom in America. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Wall Street would monetize your stool. There's a good chance that in 10 years, if civilization doesn't collapse, they will monetize your poop. Your poop will become a commodity. And some of you, some of you will make a terrible decision. You will sign away your poop in what's called a reverse poop mortgage. And guess what? You'll have no idea what kind of human centipede hell you've signed yourself up for, buddy. I got a question for you, but before I ask the question, I need to edit my list because I have a topic, but I'm going to remove it because it doesn't really fit, I think, at this point. So I'm going to put it someplace else um, where it might fit. I truly don't know. The thing about fitting these days is a lot of it's about, you know, some type of bullshit. Anywho, just here editing my fucking list. I probably should be cool like most of the cool kids. And, um, yeah, I probably should be cool and just put you on pause instead of talk about it because I like, but I need you, I need your support, man. I need your emotional support. You're, you guys are my emotional support audience. You're the reason I'm still eating all my protein. You're the reason why I wonder, should I care about getting vitamin C? You're the reason why I have a dog and a cat in my head. What The dog is named Will I, and the cat is named Should I. I got a question for you. Who owns your life? Now you're going to say, Dan, what does that mean? Who owns my life? I don't understand. Oh my God, this is so depressing. And the, and the depressing part is I'm an asshole because if you're listening to this podcast, dollars the donuts, if you're still listening to this one and you listen to others, 
there's a good chance you, you know the answer and I'm being a dick. But the question is, who owns your life? You should ask people this over Christmas. Mom, who owns your life? Dad, who owns your life? Sister Barbara, Barbara, <laughs> they're going to get you too, Barbara, the zombies. Anyways, Sister Barbara, who owns your life? And if the answer they give is, I own my life, I always have, I always will, that's the right fucking answer. It is totally the right answer, but a lot of people will get confused. And like Robbie the Robot in Forbidden Planet, you'll see the sparks flying from their head out of their fucking ears. They'll get deeply confused and say, I don't understand who owns what. I don't know what that means. Didn't Hillary say it takes a village? Yeah. She kind of stole a lot of shit from Marshall McLuhan, oh, by the way. She's a big fucking bullshit artist. She's a plagiarist, by the way. But anyway, oh, yeah, it takes a village. And, and basically, that's, that's, that's something about McLuhan. Anywho, um, yeah, who owns your life? The, the right answer is, I own my life and you own yours. So here's the next question. Who owns the air? Because if you say, well, Dan, I'm confused, then you're acting like Robbie the Robot now, too. I'm going to start seeing the sparks flying. Who owns the air? Who owns the water? Who owns the soil? And you say, well, Dan, if I own a house, if I own a house on a piece of property, a property of approximately 100 acres, I own the property, don't I? Well, yes. And no, you own it as long as you can hold on to it. If you need military force to hold on to it, you're probably doing something bad, all things being equal. You see, I generally have come to the conclusion that in reality, if you left people to their own devices, mob justice or quote-unquote community-level instant justice probably is better than what we have today. Yes, yes, innocent people probably will get harmed, but... Oh my God, look at our fucking system. Julian Assange will likely die in a jail cell. So don't give me any of this to protect the innocent. We don't want mob justice. Well, you know what? We don't have justice right now. We don't. Our system is broken. There is no rule of law. There are crooks and criminals who run society. People will say things like sometimes, Oh, Dan, if there's a nuclear war... The cockroaches and the rats will take charge. Uh, asshole? Look around the world. Look at the people you give power to. The cockroaches, quote-unquote, and the rats are already in charge, baby. They're already there. Of course, I'm saying this figuratively, but... Yet, on some level, maybe it is literal. I don't know. And yet someone out there at the, whatever, Southern Poverty Law Center or Anti-Defamation League or APAC has probably listened to what I just said and said, oh my God, he's being anti-Semitic because he says we're being ruled by rats and cockroaches. Well, think about that logic for a second, folks. Because wouldn't that imply, logically, that the censor believes that Jews run the world? Because if they don't, then actually 
my statement is meaningless or just meant for humor. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's as simple as what a lot of neo-Nazis will say. Well, the Jews run the world. No. Here's the deal, folks. You gave them power. And when I say them, I mean the crocodile. You gave the government power, power that was supposed to be yours. You gave it up. They came to your door. They knocked on your door and said, don't you care about your baby? And you said, I do care about my baby. Well, if you support us and the crocodile leader, we'll protect your baby. Don't you care about your land? Oh, I totally care about my land. Well, if you pay the crocodile leader, he'll protect your land, baby. But don't call it a protection racket, you fuck. Because it's not. It's just kindness. <laughs> yeah. Who owns the air, the water, and the soil? Well, here's what I'll say. I don't think a human can own these things. I think this is where the Native Americans are smarter than us. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't take stewardship. And it also doesn't mean that communities can't have private property. I think they should. They have to. Human beings have a right over their work, over their sweat, over their tears. You have a right to own everything you produce. There is nothing that makes you a slave. And one of the implications of this is you have to take responsibility, which means let's say you have a farm. You have 10 acres. Should you build a little, you know, fucking chemical plant on your farm and start producing toxic waste and pouring it into the ground? I know that sounds like hyperbole, but there are people out there who think they should be able to do that, even if they never do it. They think it's okay. Like, they look around at the fracking, and, and that's what I mean, folks. This, seems, this sounds like, oh, that's just a hyperbole thought experiment that can't possibly happen. Listen, look at the quote-unquote shale revolution. And we can ignore the fact right now that it's crappy oil, that it's marginal oil, that there is no clearing price currently, not until it gets to 120 a barrel. We can ignore all the facts, all the junk bonds, and all the debt. We can ignore all that. But it is also destroying the groundwater. It is also destroying the earth. It is releasing poisons that would be inert, basically inert, inside of rock, into the water. And, and that's not even talking about the fracking fluid. Who, who the fuck knows what's in that? But what I can tell you is that when you break rocks apart, you release things like mercury, arsenic, and lead. Yeah, all those things aren't good for you, folks. Not really. There isn't a daily allowance of lead, mercury, or arsenic anybody should consume, ever. No, well, I, I fear the FDA will come up with one in a few years. Have you had your daily amount of mercury? We're going to test you. You should have at least as much mercury as the average person. Other, it's, not, it's not right if you don't. Fuck. Who owns your life, baby? Because the answer to the question, who owns your life, also helps you the question, who owns the air, who owns the water, who owns the soil? I own my life. I own my existence. But guess what? We share the air. We do. I know this sounds radical. A lot of anarchists out, Dan, what are you saying? Are you saying that we shouldn't poop and fart and poison the air? Isn't that communism? No, because I don't want a government. I just want a radical shift in human perspective. The human being 
needs liberty. It's not a it's, it's not a want. It's not an excited. It's not something that you get on Christmas. It's not something that any government can give you. And whether you're an atheist and you believe it's it's there from birth, which is a valid position, or you're a Christian like me and it's a gift from God, you have free will and you own your life. But the air, the water, the soil, you use these things. You kind of rent them for a while. The water goes into your body, guess what, people? It goes right back out into the sea. And guess what also? All that Prozac, all the city dwellers are, are consuming, that ends up in the fish, people. Oh, fuck. You didn't think about that because you thought about your cave paintings. Oh, we honored the elk and the buffalo and the mastodon on our caves. It was okay that we chased them into the fucking ravine. Delusional fucks, we clever monkeys, people. Delusional. It's one of the reasons why we get into trouble. It's why we end up going down the road of government. We believe we can do things sometimes that are, at best, reserved for God. Or, if you're an atheist, reserved for no one. The point is, we believe crazy shit, and I think that's one of the reasons why we get tricked by the crocodile. Because the crocodile loves to sell you crazy ideas. But if you believe in freedom, and you believe you have a right to your existence, and that you're not a slave, and more importantly, you do not have a right to bully others, to physically harm others, then that also implies you don't have a right to poison the fucking water. You don't have a right to poison the air. You don't have a right to poison the soil. And guess what? One of the ways people poison these things, and you're not gonna like, you're not gonna wanna hear this, is through, yeah, overpopulation. The Mayan civilization likely collapsed because of an ecological catastrophe, one that was created by, ding, 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 the Mayans. And they didn't have steam engines or coal. They didn't have the fucking horse. They didn't have any of the crazy ass shit we have. And they destroyed themselves because they misused the land. The fact is, if you stack any predator in a city, I don't care if it's tigers or fucking grizzly bears or, or fucking great white sharks, if you can do such a thing. If you stack predators in a city and then you give them entertainment and lots of delusion and all they do is fuck and feed, fuck and feed, fuck and kill and feed. Welcome to the planet Earth in 2019, people. Sometimes I do hate everybody because I think a lot of people believe that, and it's not, I don't, I can't blame them. They're, they're taught, they're taught this way. Their paradigm, this paradigm is shoved down their throat. There is no limit to what people can have. If you are if you were born a boy and you want to be a girl, science can do it. If you were born on earth and you want to, you know, retire on Mars, maybe, yeah, science can do it. 
If you listen to Ray Kurzweil or John von Neumann or any fucking futurist, they'll tell you if you live till the year 2045, science can do it, you'll live forever. Science will clean up the oceans. Technology will restore the ice cap. Machines will clean up the garbage. And I have a bridge to sell you in San Francisco. If you enjoy my podcast, you are probably insane. On the other hand, if you enjoy my podcast and you've taken care of your food, your water, and your shelter, you're not poisoning your neighbor's water or air, you're not setting their shelters on fire, because frankly, I don't want money from you if you're doing that. But if you're like me, just trying to survive in this world and as, as much as possible on the Death Star, not harm other people, which is kind of hard because you're on the Death Star. But if you're like me, whatever. But the point is, if you have extra money and you like this fucking podcast, okay, and you've taken care of the things you need to take care of, which includes the people you love and probably even that fucking French bulldog, even though you know it's a demon. If you've done all those things and you still have extra cash left over, then feel free to donate. There will be a Venmo link in the podcast description. There's one on my SoundCloud homepage. And you can also contact me at me at imsully.com, which is an email link off my page. And if you want to come up with a different kind of transaction, if you want to give me some, you know, cat protein, rat protein, French bulldog fricassee, if you have any of the new, you know, half grizzly bear, half shark hamburgers. I'll try one of those, baby. I've always wanted a bark. If you have gold or silver or diamonds. If you have the ancient texts of the lost peoples. If you are in contact with the ancient, ancient folks who live in the skies and you can give to me the powers of those people that travel in the stars, oh, then that's an option too. But you're not required to donate. In some sense, you've already donated your time. Even if you're a robot. There are robots listening, which means there are demons listening, which means there are French bulldogs listening. <laughs> so good night to all people on the plains and in the mountains. Good night to those folks on the great seas. Good night to the people of Europe and Asia and Ireland and all the folks of the Casbah and to Ice Station Zebra and Bravo in Antarctica, to all the folks in Sea Lab, to all of the ships 
in deep space battling their way back home because guess what? We're the pirates. We were always the pirates. To all of you, I say good night. And to the day which comes, remember, there is no magical superpower you're going to get in the future. All you got is the most important thing in your heart, and that's love.